1: Nine o'clock in St. Louis, 901. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And we do head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on Carrick and Smallman and Adam Wainwright getting ready to cheer his teammates on to another victory this afternoon in Cleveland is with us. Waino, it's always good to talk to you. How are you doing this morning?
0: Doing good. I'm just uh, going through all my packing protocols here. I got all my clothes going in the suitcase now, all my uh, recovery stuff going in the suitcase, all my... Workout stuff going in the other suitcase. So you're going to have to deal with me packing this morning.
2: I love it. You're a multitasker. You mentioned your recovery stuff, Adam. What does the day after a start look like for you? What's that recovery process like?
0: Well, it starts with the day after pitching old man walk, uh, which will be going down here in just a few minutes. Um, but to get, it's a good way. Like I used to, to uh, get out there and run for 30, 45 minutes in a row, and my body stopped recovering. Uh, as i've gotten a little wiser um, and uh so you know we just had to make little adjustments here and uh so now i'll go out for a walk i'll uh i'll do some needling you know this this starter's life is tough i will get a massage so a lot of things that I honestly I never used to do, and I wish I could go back and and do them uh straight away i mean there was just a lot of things you know back back in the day it was all right, your body hurts. Push through it. Go harder. It'll be great. You know, and that that wasn't always the advice from the stuff that was what was uh, going through my mind, like, hey, this is how you get get tough. You you and you feel pain. You gotta you gotta get it a little harder. And, and uh, now that it's not that. Got to learn how to. And that was why I loved playing football growing up because you learn how to get back up. You know, it's uh as a as a senior in high school, I was 6'7", 178 pounds. <laughs> Literally, and uh, you could see through me. I was so skinny, but I got knocked down a bunch, and I got the wind knocked out of me a bunch. And you know, wh- whether I was whether I was quarterbacking or playing wide receiver, you get the wind knocked out. of You, you still got to call the play. You still got to run out to the line and and uh, be ready for the next one. So um, there were things I did uh, that I don't do anymore, but I, you know, they probably helped me um, with some pain tolerance along the way.
2: You mentioned today is the day after pitching old man walk. This one's in Cleveland. Randy and I were talking about this in the break. Have you pitched in every stadium in Major League Baseball?
0: I think I have not pitched in the. Well, I know I've pitched in the new Rangers Stadium. Um, we went. Did we go? No, we haven't even been there. So I haven't been. I haven't played there. Um, but I can't think of another one that I have not pitched in. Uh, I think I think I got it all last night. Um, at Cleveland, cause had never pitched at Cleveland before last night. The last time I was in Cleveland actually was 2009 because 15, when we went as a team, I was hurt and didn't get to go on that trip. But, uh, 2009, I remember being there on the broadcast last night. They asked me if I had ever been there before. And I said, you know, I don't, the clubhouse looks familiar, but I just don't, I don't know if I. I walked out to the bullpen before the game and I went into the tunnel down the right field line where there's like an extra batting cage. And uh the, I just thought that was where the bullpen was because I saw the Indians guys in the other one, and then I went in there and they were like, "What are you doing?" I go, "I'm here to warm up." They're like, "You got to go over there." So <laughs> I don't even know. But in 2009, I, I can remember being there because uh Mark DeRosa hit a home run off of Chris Carpenter, and then like the next week we traded for DeRosa, and it like he was like completed our team, and we felt really really great about it. And then the first at batty ever took as a cardinal he got hit in the wrist and it jacked him up so um i do remember being there but it's a neat place it's a it's a beautiful stadium it's a the good crowd last night i like some of the some of the uh the details of the state like there was fans sitting behind glass right next to our dugout this got to be the best view of about any stadium i've seen so yeah there's some cool things um but uh, always good to see new parks
2: is there a ballpark outside of Bush Stadium that you really love to visit or pitch at?
0: Um, as crazy as it sounds, I love pitching at Coors up in Colorado. Uh, I love pitching at, R- at Wrigley. Um, I love pitching in San Francisco. I uh, love pitching at Dodger Stadium. Love pitching. I like pitching at those, those raucous crowds. I like pitching in Atlanta just because uh, there's a lot of nostalgia there, a lot of people watching. There's a neat stadium. If it's a cool stadium and there's a great crowd, I like pitching there.
1: Adam, you were terrific last night, 87 pitches in seven innings. That's about 12.4 per inning. When you go into a game, and maybe this changes team to team, ballpark to ballpark, do you have a certain amount of pitches per inning that you'd like to achieve?
0: Yeah, eight. eight. Eight is the goal. Eight pitches per inning is my goal, always, Um, that's what I started doing that in 2019, um, in spring training when I was having a little hard time, you know, with, with some of the longer innings and and I just don't, you know, I'm too old to be out there, Andy, I can't be out there, (laughs) be out there for extended innings. That's not what I need to do. Um, but, uh, I started doing that in 2009 or 2000, sorry, 2019, because, uh, nine pitches then in the back of your mind, you still might think, all right, I can strike everybody out here. Eight pitches, you realize you got to get contact right away, and at least one person is going to put the ball in place, so it makes you come right after the defense.
1: And I think that's such a key, and I think that's something that your teammates and other pitchers around baseball could really adhere to because that's something that happened in baseball. Heck, when you came up, that's what Dave Duncan preached, right? And with your defense, why not?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Dave is always a big proponent of get the ball on the ground. They can't hit a homer over the fence, you know, which is always true. You know, people – I used to pitch at, at Wrigley Field uh, seemingly all the time, just thinking back to Dave Duncan's um, lessons. And I, I pitched at Wrigley Field, and uh, the wind would be blowing straight out, and you're like, oh, my gosh, what – you know, the, you can hit – when the wind's blowing out at Wrigley, you can hit a 200-foot pop-up for a homer. I mean, you really can, especially the left center. And – um he would always remind me right before the game, hey, hey, Wayne, remember, they can't hit a ground ball over the fence. And so it was just like, it was a good one. Hit it inside the park or go for it, and that just doesn't happen. So it just limits the possibility of something going wrong. Keep the ball down, move it around, move it up and down, and in and out. But if you get them on the ground, usually you're usually going to have success.
2: Adam, last week we spoke to you about Harrison Bader and his fashion choices, but this week we want to talk to you about Harrison Bader, the player. He's been on fire since he returned from the injured list. What are you seeing in Harrison Bader?
0: I'm seeing some big league adjustments made is what I'm seeing. I think that's what everyone would say. You know, Harrison the a problem laying off that breaking ball just outside the zone. Much like myself this year, um, and uh, you know you could you could get him guessing, and then you you throw the fastball, and he wasn't looking for it; was looking for breaking ball. And seemed like he was always kind of in between in his approach. But now he has a great approach. He's up there. He's seeing the he's seeing the ball really well. He's taking the tough pitches. He's hitting the pitches he wants because he's getting good counts. And even when he's not in good counts, he's laying off those tough pitches that pitchers are trying to get you to fish for. And then uh, and getting into better counts, so you know it's an approach thing. It's a guy who's coming of his own. I mean, it's fun to watch. I know that. It's, and it's we need it for sure. So uh, we always said if Harrison would just hit like two twenty five, two fifty, hit two fifty with that with that incredible defense and uh, and a couple of bombs every now and then. But now we're like, wow, no, there's a lot more in the tank than we thought. This is impressive
1: no, is there anything that you need to work on with your stroke so that you can get back to where you like to be offensively?
0: Yeah, I've been working on it hard. Uh, I really have. I mean, the last two at-bats total, I've taken 15 pitches. Um, now, I shuffled, had two strikeouts, but, you know, I worked Kyle Hendricks for eight pitches, and I worked the the guy in the three, uh, um, Embry, Embry from, from the Reds, the closer. I worked him for seven pitches. Um, You know, I'm just trying to see the bottom. I'm not trying to
1: get up there. Hold on, you're you're breaking up a little bit, Adam. We'll get you back. You you broke up a little bit there, but we got you back now. Can you hear me now? We got you now, Adam. Yes, sir. Can you hear us? Okay, we're going to call him back. Why don't we get a quick break while we call him back, and we'll be back with Adam and get more from him next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. One, two, three, four. All right, we lost Adam right before, but we have him back for just a couple of more minutes. The Cardinals with a 12-10 game today in Cleveland. And Wayno first of all, can you hear me now? <laughs>
0: Can you hear me now?
1: We've got you. Yes, we've got the telephone commercial going, so we're good. We heard you say that you had been able to take 15 pitches against Hendricks and Hembry combined, but then that's when we lost you. So what are we working on in terms of the offense for Adam Wainwright?
0: Well, you know what? I think that was a sign that I wasn't supposed to give away what I'm working on. (laughs) I
2: know that I'm
0: working real hard at it, and uh, I'm going to compete my tail off up there from now on.
2: Well, Adam, we wanted to ask you about the Olympics, because I saw your tweet about how much you love the Olympics and that you want in on the next Olympics when it comes to baseball. I know you obviously have a lot going on in your life and in your profession, but have you been able to be locked into the Olympics at all?
0: Oh, yeah. I've been waking up to it and going to bed with it every night, checking, you know, the good thing about this hotel we're in right now is we had, like, we had NBC, we had NBC Sports, we had CNBC, we had all these different NBCs, so there was, like, three different things going on at all times, and uh, I was hitting all of it um watched I got to watch Kate Ledecky win, and I got to watch uh uh the seventeen year old girl from Alaska win that was awesome, man. I was so happy for her watching her watching her classmates go nuts just made me so happy
1: and adam we've been talking a lot about Simone Biles this morning and uh not performing because of mental illness she she wants to have her mental health preserved. <laughs> You're a professional athlete. You're an exceptionally mentally tough guy, but you're also very thoughtful. You have daughters. So can you give us your perspective on Simone Biles not performing yesterday with her team because she wanted to work on her mental health?
0: Well, I think the, the most telling thing was hearing from other gymnastics uh, participants and stars in the past talking about how you can get – my wife was a gymnast, and she was kind of going through this with me last night – um, how you can get lost in the air, and you know that that little girl's in the air more than anyone in the history of gymnastics. So uh, you lose your place in the air. It, it's kind of like uh, you know the the Y word for pitchers, if you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that, where you know if you don't know where you are in the air, how do you know where to land? Like when she hit when she did her last vault, uh, and she ended up, you know, taking a big step afterwards. Her teammates. They said this word. I saw their post game or their post, uh, their post interview or whatever. They were, they said the word panic each, like three times each, you know, they looked at it and they were like, Oh my gosh, she doesn't do that. What is going on? So clearly she's dealing with some stuff, which, you know what? They're human beings. Pressure with being the number one most recognizable athlete in the Olympics that guys like me and, and other You know, pretty good athletes will never know about. I mean, we feel a lot of pressure as it is, just being pretty good at what we do. But she's got the entire world looking at her, and I don't think she understood that the first time that she did it. But now she, for for the first time ever, she started thinking about that. And once you start thinking about stuff like that, you're going to have a hard time.
1: Adam, we appreciate your time as always. Have fun today in Cleveland, and then we'll see you back here against Minnesota this weekend.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. Hey, uh, Randy, can you, can you, uh, send people over to Big League Impact, sign up for our fantasy football league. we got a uh, full registration going on right now at org. We'd love to have as many people as we could possibly join in. That'd be great. Absolutely.
1: And who do you got playing this year? What Who among your teammates is going to be participating?
0: Uh, Austin Dean, Tommy Edmond, myself, uh, I might have one more surprise for people who, uh, Who join in. So love to have as many people get in there as possible. It's for a great cause. We're going to help a lot of people. We're going to feed a lot of people. We're going to help the St. Louis school systems. We're going to do a lot of good things.
1: All right. BigLeagueImpact.org. Get on over there and sign up. Adam, have a great day. Have safe travels home. Enjoy your day off tomorrow. Okay. Thanks. You too. See you later. That's our friend Adam Wainwright. And Chick-fil-A is the proud sponsor of Wednesdays with Waino on 101 ESPN. Don't forget that on Wednesdays, you should stop by Chick-fil-A and enjoy an ice-cold Sun Joy. Chick-fil-A, donating a portion of the proceeds of Sun Joy Wednesdays to support big league impact through the baseball regular season. So on a hot day like today, Mm -hmm. head on over to Chick-fil-A and enjoy that Sun Joy.
0: Many of us, if we're being honest, have given up hope on good sleep. But why? Well, if you're like me. You've tried everything, and nothing has helped, so if we're not going to sleep well anyway, why try? That kind of thinking is so 2021. It's time to rethink our nights and days and demand more from our sleep. Talk with your doctor about how you can seize the night and day. And visit SeizeTheNightAndDay.com to learn more. Let me guess. Unknown caller? You could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection. The latest innovation from Discover will help regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from ten popular people search websites that could sell your data. And we'll do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more at Discover.com/slash online privacy protection.